Welcome back. It's another episode, another installment of the Bench Mob Podcast. We are back. Thank you for all of our listeners, our followers, our subscribers, everything that tunes in. Bench Mob Gang, BMG, shout out to y'all. I am joined today by the whole crew. We got here, Greg, Mr. Hot Takes. I don't care what a fan says, debate with your mother. Sins Mayor is in the building. How you doing tonight? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Oh, right. Hopefully I'm not going to make anybody too upset and get slotted the DMs today. <laughs> also got my brother, Chris, in the building. Black Lives Matter, all black hat over here looking like money. How you doing tonight, my bro? good man i'm good we gotta change the energy though because i feel like we always be saying yo i'm good i'm good in the intro right man i just watched some joe burrow highlights dmx you're gonna come back healthy stop playing with me he is cold he is cold cold now for our, our listeners cold meaning what cold meaning way better than daniel jones no i don't mean no. I, I, he is better than daniel jones yeah he all is. right let's stop the cap he's better than daniel jones I think he is. <laughs> and of course, we are joined. We are joined by the distinguished, wholesome man, Miles Davenport, in the building. How are you doing, Mr. Wholesome? Doing pretty good. I like this intro today. It was a little. You toned it down a little bit today. I like. It. <laughs> of course, you know black men don't cheat. You're. Yo, he's ruining his life, bro. <laughs> We're going to start it off. Duke is on a little bit of a winning streak. They're in the conversation now on the bubble to get into the dance. Some say this is, you know, with Johnson deciding to opt out. Some say it's just later in the season they've been able to get their groove now. Do you think Duke makes it in? And what would you attribute to them actually winning now? Yeah, you know what it is, too, man? Like... When, when somebody, like a player like Johnson, right, when he steals the headlines away from the team and the focus all of a sudden doesn't come, you know, strays away from the team and, you know, it's about Johnson opting out and why he left and, and how, you know, Duke's already having a bad season and whatnot. These men are playing with heart, man. And, like, shout out shout out to the players that are, that are still on the team and, and are rallying around this season and, trying to make something out of it, right? We talked about how the season was was dead a few weeks ago just due to the fact that, you know, they were 8-8 eight and eight at one point. And, you know, now they're on a four-game win streak. They just had a, a big win against Syracuse, a blowout win. And then uh, they're, they also won against uh, Virginia by one point last week as well. So 
they got a few more games left, and, and these are going to be important games for them. And if they can build on this, hey, they definitely have a chance at getting in if they finish the season like 13 or 9 and something like that. So uh, they just got to take it one game at a time. I mean, Louisville, you obviously can't look past them. You've seen what they've done over the years, and um, rightfully so. They're a well-coached team. But, again, if they got Louisville, they got Georgia Tech, and then they have um, – I think they finished the season with, with North Carolina. And North Carolina just beat Louisville. So you got to get past Louisville before you go and play North Carolina. So at the end of the day, man, you know, just, they just got to take it one game at a time. But they're rolling right now. Greg, we've talked about it. It's been a weird year. Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, all at some point weren't ranked. Is Duke going to be able to turn it around his last couple of weeks coming into the tournament? My, my, own thing, my only thing about this is that any other team that's 10 and 8 or 11 and 8 at this point, if your name's not Duke, are you, you're not getting in. You're probably not getting in. You're not. You're, you may be a, you're a fringe team and you'll be lucky if you get in, but Duke exceptionalism, you're going to get, they'll probably get in because of, you know, again, Duke exceptionalism. I, again, they're, they were always talented enough to do this, right? It's just COVID's a weird year, especially for these kids and not having practice time and not getting on the court together as much as they'd like, but they had the same high level recruiting class. They probably is top three in the nation coming in this year and it'll be top three in the nation for the next 20 years uh, with the recruiting classes. They were always this good. I mean, they beat a good Syracuse team that's 13 and six. They love playing that zone and they're able to beat that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm a little skeptical, but of their chances of making it in. But I also think they will just because I think it's, it's done by a committee, by people. And again, I, I'm gonna say it all boils down to Duke exceptionalism. Like they're going to get in because they're Duke. Like, you know, but I think any other team out there at 10 and eight, like Seton Hall has real like concerns about getting in. Right. Rutgers had real concerns about getting in like these teams that are floating around to 500. So we'll see if they're doing it by quality of win, then they may deserve a good look. I see that win over Virginia because Virginia is a good team. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what they do there. But I don't know if they're going to make any noise when it when it comes down to it. Like obviously, they'll be a good team in the, in the tournament and a tough out. But there are better teams. I mean, Gonzaga is the best college basketball team I've ever seen. For real, for real. So like and I, and like they're, they're incredible, like no holes. So, I, you know, we'll see what happens. But any team can get beat in a one-game, you know, play, playoff setting. So, um, but, yeah, they're, 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 they're figuring it out. Miles, you're a part of that committee. Is Duke getting in? I think so. I think they – just because of the name, and I don't think the committee is going to dock them for this COVID year. I mean, everybody's had to go through it. In a normal year, they'd probably be ranked a lot better than this. Normal practice schedule, everything would be different. But they've had like five or six games canceled because of COVID. It's hard to build momentum and get that chemistry. A lot of these kids are freshmen and sophomores. So some of them haven't played together and haven't practiced together that much. So you're starting to see the chemistry come along these next these last couple of games. And I think if they make a deep run in that ACC tournament, then I see them as like a, a 10, 9 seed maybe. I think at the end of the day, before transition, it's Coach K. If they get in, I think Coach K will get them one win, definitely. It's Coach K. Put some respect on his name. He still is arguably top three coaches all time. 
when it comes to college basketball. So you might even put him in a conversation with coaches, period. So put some respect on his name. Somebody else that lately has not been getting the respect on their name because he's kind of older. He didn't really perform well towards the end of the season, this NFL season, Big Ben. Big Ben is actually returning to the Steelers. Is this what's best for the Steelers? And should Big Ben retire? Like, this was a conversation where you was thinking that Pittsburgh would be in the conversation for a quarterback, but Big Ben is coming back. So what was your takeaways on Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, man, Big Big Ben, I, I know better than anybody, man. This guy's the truth. He's torched my bangles for, for years, right? Um, this year, this year he got the team off to a hot start. They went, what, 11-0? and And they quickly dwindled after that. But at, at the end of the day, like, he's, he's shown this season, if any, out of all the seasons, you know, COVID year, uh, you know, people on his team going in and out. This, this year alone, he's shown that he's still got more in the tank and that he can play. Now, does that mean championships? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, they've been to the playoffs six times in the, in the past 10 years, and it hasn't resulted to, to anything. But at the same time, like, start off 2020 alone that season and go 11-0 before losing a game and, um, you know, being able to bounce back and, and get into the playoffs and then obviously lose um, – you know, at the same time, it just shows that he still has more in the tank. And, and who else do they got, really, right? Are we really giving the reins to, to Mason Rudolph? From what I've seen him play this year, when Ben was out, I don't think he's ready. And then they also got um, Dwayne Haskins from, from the Redskins. He's not ready. He, he's not mature enough. He's not, he can't lead a team, and the team won't follow a, a guy like that just yet. So, hey, I think if Big Ben wants to come back for, for another season and, and give it all he's got, like, he's, he's your best chance at, at this point. I don't think at where they are, they're going to find their next quarterback right now in, in the draft, um, at least for, for this next initial season. Like, he had a good year last year. He, he threw for over 3,800 yards, like 30 TDs, only 10 interceptions, um, you know, two Super Bowls to his name. So I, I think the Steelers need Big Ben more than – Ben needs the Steelers. Miles, I saw your face right there. Do you disagree with that statement? A little bit. I think that Big Ben, like the statistics last year, are a little overrated because for like 80% of the season, he played an easy schedule. And then when he played those tougher teams, they didn't really <laughs> equate to much. They didn't win. They went into the playoffs on like a four-game losing streak. Everybody was so high on them, 11-0. and 0. Can they go undefeated for the season? And then just dwindled and nothing amounted to anything. I think Ben needs the Steelers more than they need him, honestly, because I don't see him going anywhere else and being a starting quarterback. They're tied together right now because of the money. Like Ben is getting paid a lot of money. They're not going to cut him and just take that cap hit for next year. So why not have him play this next season? And plus, he's a, a Steeler lifer. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to any other team. This is probably going to be his last season because, I mean, that injury was a pretty significant one, just like the injury to Peyton Manning when he hurt his arm. It, 
it took the the zip, the zip out of his arm. So I think this will probably be Ben's last year, and he'll collect a, a nice bag for it. Greg, what has to be done for this season to be different, to put Ben in the most successful position since he's coming back for one more year? You're asking the wrong person this question because if it were my decision, he wouldn't be coming back at all. Um, he'd be out of there. It, it's so, yeah, I know he was productive last year and they played pretty well early in the season. He also played with the best defense in the league and played against a pretty weak comp early in the season. Um, right. So th there's that, there's that piece of it that's big, but with him, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Eli in the last few years where it was just kind of like, he's hanging around, making a ton of money. They're telling you, you can compete. Obviously Ben has looked better than Eli did. Um, especially last year, like towards, at least in the front half and towards the end, at the end of that season, Ben looked about as bad as I've seen any quarterback look ever. So, you know, it it's tough because you're you're putting yourself in a position where you could deal with that again. You lost Marquise Pouncey on the line. You're going to need phenomenal line play for that guy to be able to be, to be successful. And <laughs> the Steelers didn't have a run game. So I could easily see them going and drafting Najee Harris from, the, from Alabama this year and letting him just, uh, you know, try to generate a run game around him and, giving trying to add some balance to the offense which would be which would be well which would be necessary right but then do you bring back Juju Smith right for him and and I know there have been rumors that he might be let, let go like they might just let him walk like right and let him go to free agency which would be interesting um it's a lot there's a lot of play for them but if I was trying to talk to the quarterback right now I don't know how serious they are about Dwayne Haskins I don't know that if they think that Dwayne Harris Haskins can go in there and start right now but if I'm them I'm doing everything I can to let Get get off this contract, get Ben up out of there, and it's gonna be difficult with all that money you're gonna give up in the cap hit. He's gonna be, but I would I would go after Sam Darnold if the Jets come off of him. That's that's who I would go after if I were them. It's the it's the most reasonable quarterback for them. He's got the talent. Um, he's a good, I think he's a good quarterback, and I think he'd be a really good quarterback in the NFL with the right pieces around him. Right. Um, he's super talented. And he's he last year he made some incredible throws, Sam Darnold. I mean, he made one throw running across his body, throwing it to the right side. He does all types of weird stuff. He's a gift, he's a gifted athlete, and he's like he's a guy who's got a gifted, he's got gifted arm talent. I can see why teams fell in love with him um when he was getting when he was getting drafted. It's, it's a shame it didn't work out with the Jets. Although I feel like if the Jets gave it time and tried to make it work, um and gave him give him an opportunity, right? Gave him guys to throw the ball to, it'd be a little bit different. But hey, let him walk. A team like the Steelers should be all over that. They should be be ready to trade whatever they need to trade to get them. And then when you get them, you reset. You reset. You still got a real good team in place. You still got a real solid defense in place. You can compete for the next ten years. Now you start all over again. And so it's a good way to reload for them. If that if Sam does come free, we'll see. You know, I think the Colts getting Carson West took one team off the board that can go after that after Sam. So you have less competition now than you would have before. The market's a little bit cleaner for you. So. They should go after Sam Darnold. We'll see. I don't. I hope they do for their sake. Um, I know a lot of Steelers fans are pretty pissed off about the idea of Ben coming back. They are over it. They're done. It's, it's over. So uh, I'd love to see Ben walk away. But Willie, probably not. Yeah, um, I think that'll conclude this topic. I'm of the same mindset. I thought he was going to be first in line for AARP and get his benefits from the NFL. To see that he's coming back, I don't think that's going to be the best thing actually for the Steelers or for him. Um, as you mentioned, it's no run game. So if y'all think y'all going to have Ben throwing 40, 50 times a game, 
<laughs> again this year, I don't think it works out for them. Transitioning flag on the play segment. First one, except for the decline. Chicago lawmakers want to ban Grand Theft Auto amid spike in carjackings. Except or decline. Decline. <laughs> this is so stupid. So what they thought that so the reason they they think the reason why people are stealing cars in Chicago is because kids are playing Grand Theft Auto, and not because they're in Chicago. I don't know. No, no offense to Chicago. But not because of the, you know, just the bad, the, the terrible circumstances a lot of these guys come up in. I feel like cars, I feel like cars getting stolen is 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 normal in a lot in in, in tough neighborhoods. And so I mean if it's a, if it's an uptick in it. <laughs> yeah, they're saying it's a, a spike. Gonna change anything. I don't think it's gonna change anything. They're saying it's a spike and specifically uh with kids that aren't even able to drive. It's been a spike of 13 to 15 year olds uh, robbing people, carjacking. That sounds so funny when you hear it. It's obviously not funny, but it sounds mad funny. <laughs> it's not funny though. You got to, there's a crisis in Chicago, bro. Um, yeah. Crazy. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lot that got to get it's a lot. Changed, changed and worked on over there. And I don't think the beginning of change is Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, right. That's where you want to start at, banning a video game. God, yo. Anybody could be a politician, bro. And people know, man, mayors are mayors are overrated, right? Any anybody, any old joke could be a mayor. No BS. For real. I'm I'm keeping a thousand with you, bro. I'd be the most random people being mayors. That's the idea you came up with. And second one. Flag on a play, accept or decline. Columbia professor, by the way, he's black. The Columbia a Columbia professor snorts heroin and bath salts regularly for euphoric. Energetic and clearer headedness, accept or decline. Now we're gonna go ahead and accept this because I, I need to know more. So he's a professor, right? Was was he like arrested? Like I need more of the story. Did he get in trouble? Uh, no, he released a book explaining this is what he does um, time okay. to time, and he's basically writing a book and trying to and trying to have people not um demonize drug use does he also cook meth in his bath in his basement like i don't know it sounds like a plot for breaking bad or something sounds self-incriminating <laughs> yeah he came out it's a whole book on it um detailing it he's married has kids he does it, he says, from time to time. Um, it definitely sounds like an addiction. He says it's not an addiction, but he does it from time to time, and he says he goes through withdrawal, but it's all worth it because he's able to have a clear head, and it's euphoric. And a quote in his book, it says, it makes him feel nice with seven eyes. Yeah, now, we're we going to see from Columbia that they part of ways with that professor in a short time, man. Because I think you'd be surprised how many professors at Columbia are doing this. It's not just him. It's not the same. People, yeah. deal with, people deal with stress all types of ways. And being a professor at Columbia, at Columbia, Columbia High School, shout out to Columbia High School. At Columbia, um, at Columbia University is it's it's rigorous and it's rigorous for students. I'm sure all the students are drugged out. We know that already. We know how that goes. So I, I'm not incredibly surprised by this. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing drugs with students, to be honest, like just with them, like in the same quarters as these kids. 
It's, it's a lot going on behind the scenes at these rigorous instances. Like, yo, you walk on Columbia's campus, it's a different vibe. It is not. I, I went there. I visited there. Um, my girlfriend, when she was looking at schools, and let me tell you something, it is different. It, it just feels it's not, it's not like Willie P? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like Willie P at all, bro. Not at all. Not, man, you're not going to see too many, too many people that look like you over at uh, Columbia. You're not going to see too many brothers and sisters over there. So there's that piece of it. But there's also there is a different vibe there like it's it, it and it's only it's only you can only be it can only be explained if you go there and visit it's 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 crazy so i can see it it just feels like it, it feels tense it feels tense yo for real so i i can see a lot i mean i'm not justifying it but i can see a lot of it happening there yeah i'm sure it's a lot of people that do drugs do crack cocaine all of that he's just speaking on it um i don't agree with it uh none of y'all have to worry about me clearing my head for the podcast snorting heroin so I won't be on the horse next one flag on the play Des Bryant wants to play two more seasons in the NFL and it is expected that it won't be with the Ravens accept or decline decline he's washed <laughs> that's my statement on it I, I'm gonna accept just due to the fact that like I don't I don't think he's gonna I know he's <laughs> We had talked about it earlier. I don't, I don't think he's gonna make a huge. He's not gonna make a huge impact on on another team. Like at, at this point in his career, I don't think he's washed. I still think he he can come in and, and get his touches right. Kind of similarly to like how Frank Gore got his touches with the Jets and you know just enjoyed playing the game and he played his role with them. I think he could come and play his, his role on on another team and, and just get some some touches. Um, with a team that's that's weak and wide receiver, he could go to the Jets and, and, and be a starter and play. You know what I mean? Oh, no. You don't have any. We talking about, talking about Mark Ingram? Where? There's no explosion oh, there. You talking about uh, Des Bryant, Greg? Des? Oh, Des. Oh. It's not even a fun topic, though. I mean, Des, Des can go get some touches somewhere. I mean, yo, the Jets do not do not have receivers, Miles. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, like, come, come on. I don't know who y'all playing exactly that's going to be – that's that's definitively better than him. Yeah, <laughs> We have guys better than him. I don't know. A lot of guys out there better than him right now. Nah, I think who's he separate? I think a fully healthy Dez could could come in at least for one year. This next year, like if he came in fully healthy, right, no injuries, you know, was able to make cuts and play the whole season. I think he can come in easily in training camp, win a job. Maybe not the the number one wide receiver. Maybe maybe the Z. Maybe not. No. With, with the Jets, I think it's possible. I think he mentioned this. Part of the issue he said with the Ravens, he didn't really get a chance to build the chemistry and know the offense. I agree with Chris on this regard. If he gets an offseason, fully healthy, a full training camp to learn the offense, he can still help a team out. Number yeah. one, no. no. Number two, no. no. I think maybe you have him in short spurts. Maybe you have him in the end zone things of that nature but from what it sounds like in his interviews he's thinking of trying to be a one or two again and I don't think anybody's going to give him that chance even if he is of that caliber in his mind I don't think nobody's going to give him that chance just like Frank Gore wants to play again I don't know if anybody's going to give him another uh, contract somebody will but I don't know about Dez I think if Frank can get a shot then Dez can get a shot yeah if Frank getting a yeah. shot I mean yeah, you were running Frank out well, here Frank's and... at least productive he's gotten a couple hundred yard games in the last couple of years we yeah, didn't see Dez, Dez get to... when he was fully healthy we didn't get this 
We didn't get to see Dez be fully productive the way he's talking about because Dez didn't get those touches. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying you should throw Dez the ball a million times in the game. You shouldn't. But can he come in there and catch the ball on a third down, on a crucial third down, and jump ball, jump ball? Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. Okay, he's not. It's not. He's not that. It's not that wash, bro. It's not that bad. He, he can go in there and help a team. It's not that. It's not that bad. Miles be just so disrespectful. Oh, we not going, same, we're not even going to talk about of separation as Jason Witten. There's Who? no separation. He doesn't. He gets the same amount of separation as Jason Witten now. Jason Witten never got separated. Jason Jason Witten was exactly big, my point. Was big body. His big body. Exactly my point. He's he taking a big body, you, bro. Like and, and and Dez can too though. Dez is a bigger receiver, right. by the way. And he could be a tight end. Oh, he he's crazy. Transition and best <laughs> fit for the Washington football team. They're obviously in the running for a quarterback. Um, Alex Smith came out and said, essentially, they wasn't rocking him. They didn't expect him to come back. They was actually trying to put him on the injury reserve. They didn't think he was going to come back. They thought it was a nice story. Hey, you're working out. They had no intention of playing Alex Smith last year. He messed up all their plans. Alex Smith basically came out and said all of that. So with that being the case, and probably they're not looking to play him again, what is the best fit for the Washington Football team, Hinky. Uh, yo, on on the Alex Smith comments, when I heard he was coming back from that injury, I thought you are act you are actually crazy. Like to come back from what he went through and to try to play football again, like he should be checked for CTE tomorrow. Like I don't even know how you could possibly think that this this was a good idea coming back. Obviously, it worked out. He stayed healthy. Thank God, he played great. He did. All that is true. I'm not saying none of that's true, but like. Yo, you were out there on one leg, my guy. One leg. One leg. And you came out there and you went out there and you played great. And he's got all the heart. He deserves all the credit. He messed up their plans. But if I'm the if I'm looking at the Redskins, I actually don't I don't blame them. I wouldn't have thought that he'd come back and be productive. And it's a liability. It is scary. Like the injury he got initially. For him to get hurt again like that. Like, is this, it's, yeah, it, it takes a bigger toll on him and his family, on Alex Smith's, him, his family and him, but, and because it could affect his quality of life down the line with his family and his kids and his wife. But for the organization, it's a bad look to run him out there and get him and imagine that leg resnaps, man. That thing looked, the pictures of his leg, like just everything that came with that injury, for him to be willing to come back and play again, you can call it hard. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I call it straight up crazy crazy football players are different they have a, this it's just it's something different about the way they think right um but that being said right they're not gonna they, they don't want to they don't want to run it back out there again it goes back to that main point i made about basketball about basketball actually the last podcast where i said the worst thing place to be is in the middle the worst place you can be is in the middle with a quarterback you have running your franchise you do not want an average to above average quarterback running the franchise you need to be sure that is your guy so the Redskins have been looking for the quarterback for a long time. They never thought Alex Smith was that guy. Alex Smith was supposed to be a stop stopgap quarterback who could stop the bleeding for them. And when he was good, when he was and he still is, but when he was in his heyday coming from the Chiefs, you knew what you're gonna get from him. Playoff, he's he's gonna get you to playoffs. You're gonna be a good team, functional football team. You're gonna get to the playoffs. You're gonna you could win a playoff game with him. But that was it. That was that's where you stopped out with Alex Smith because there's it gets to a point where there's a limit for him. And so that hasn't changed. 
And if the, you're at the Redskins, you have actually you have a pretty good defense. You have Chase Young, you have Montez Sweat, you have all these guys in your defensive line. Your, your cornerbacks aren't great, but you have a great defensive line. You have a chance to be do something pretty pretty special on that end of the ball. You want to be able to maximize the team's potential. So you go out there and you look at guys like um, I, I know people say Cam Newton for them. I mean, that, I think they will look at him. But I think again, Sam Donald's a guy they could trade for legitimately and make a move for him. Um, Sam Donald's probably the hottest like quarterback out there in terms of like just reasonable guys you could get like you're in terms of market value you can get him for probably like a couple seconds and a third right like it's not a crazy crazy uh trade to make we'll see what the what the Jets get back for but that, I think that's the most logical answer Cam him um I mean obviously I think every team should be in the in on the Sean sweepstakes but they're not taking calls in Deshaun so prayers up to Deshaun looks like he's stuck in Houston we'll see what happens with that um but yeah, I, I think that Darnold is the most logical fit for them. Um, and based on what they're picking in the draft, they're not going to get a top tier quarterback to go. Right. So it'll be tough. Yeah. At this point, I think Deshaun Watson just needs to go full James Harden just to get out of there. Yeah. He um, has at at yeah. this point. At yeah. this point. Um, no Miles, Sam Darnold, Washington football team. Yeah. I've been seeing that going around and I like it for them. He, he fits their timeline like they got some young receivers young running back a young core on offense and why not take a, a flyer on Sam Darnold you you're not giving up a first round pick for him I don't I don't think we're gonna get a first round pick but I think a, a second maybe a middle round pick and you have a starting quarterback for next year that's that's pretty solid especially a guy who was the number three pick in the draft so clearly he has talent it was a little muddied over in New York because for some reason we thought Adam Gase was a good coach, but that's a different conversation. Um, but Sam Darnold's definitely not as bad as what he's shown. So I think his second, second act in the league will be better than this first one. So I think if the Redskins who could have won that division, which geez, I hope we never see football like that again, but they could have won that division last year. Imagine if they had a decent quarterback, one who, wasn't playing on half a leg. So, I mean, Cam Newton, he's definitely an option. You, you get the Ron Rivera connection, but I don't think they go that route. I just think they'd rather find somebody either take a flyer on the long term or I feel like another sleeper is Marcus Mariota. Mm. Who, he could get dropped by the, the Raiders. I saw they were trying to trade him. Nobody was – they weren't biting for it. So he might be on waivers soon. They might look at him. He's He was the number, what, two pick for a reason? I mean, he had one good year in Tennessee. Then things went sideways. Maybe he just needs another shot. You could look at Jameis, too. He's a free agent. There's a lot of guys you could take a chance on that are pretty talented who maybe just need a change of scenery and can get, get the job done. Look at Miles all sounding like he worked for ESPN. Tell him I'll take a flyer on this guy. I take a flyer on that guy. Chris, who's the best fit for Washington? No, originally I was thinking Cam Newton, but and that, and that was ultimately due to the Ron Rivera and uh, Cam Newton connection. They went to a Super Bowl together, right? Got slaughtered by the Denver Broncos and, and Von Miller. But at, at the same time, um, we, we know what Cam Newton can, can do in this league. 
Um, but after after thinking about it, and I like Miles' point uh, about Mark Mariota. I didn't think about that. He shined on Monday Night Football um, when, when he came in for Derek Carr in that first quarter. And um, although they lost that game, like he he balled out, right? And he showed us that old why he was that number two pick. Um, and I was saying the same thing this year. I, I hope he gets his shot somewhere else, but I don't think it's going to be uh, Washington. I, honestly, I mean, I think I think Sam Darnold sounds like the the most logical fit just due to the type of quarterbacks that they've had in the past. He the one thing about Sam Darnold too that would elevate them from what they've had in the past. He's mobile and he's quick. You know, they've had Kirk Cousins wasn't that mobile. Alex Smith not that mobile, but. Sam Darnold, we've seen him <laughs> 90 yard runs right on Monday Night Football and things like that. Um, he's able to shake off defenders. He he can throw on the run, like Greg said, throw across his body, which is a rarity. Um, you put him around some some good, talented young receivers. Um, draft a few receivers for him. If you end up getting him, and if you get lucky enough to to you know, make that trade and, and get him or, or pick him up if if he parts ways with with the Jets, I think uh, you know get getting a good young wide receiver and you can get good wide receivers in the third round it's not even like you gotta you know try to get them in the first round you know Jamar Chase is going to be gone Devontae Smith is going to be gone but uh we already know Olave is staying another year at Ohio State but that's besides the point but there's going to be more receivers you know in that third fourth round that you'll be able to pick up um and they'll be able to play with Sam for for years to come and get that chemistry going if, if they're good enough so I, I think I think he's the most logical fit real quick Tell me your thoughts on this. They already have came out and said that they are looking to change their name in 2022. Um, so far on this show, as of right now, y'all don't respect the new name at all because you've been calling the Redskins. So what are some uh, ideas that y'all have towards the name change? Now, hold up. We're going to do some finger pointing right now because the only person that I've heard call them the Redskins is Greg. And I don't know why he's looking crazy like that. I would never dare no. to, like to continue to call. You, you did say you did say it a couple of minutes ago. He's like, yeah, the Redskins. Yo, hold on. Oh, I did. No, no, hold Greg. On. Oh, I'm about hold to say. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. So, first of all, me calling them Redskins is not any disrespect to my Native American brothers and sisters in any way. First of all, no, second, of all second of all, and that's that's not for real. And second of all, they'll always be the Deadskins. All. Wait, it doesn't matter what they change their name to. It doesn't matter what they do. We're talking about all the quarterbacks they can go out and get. None of these names scare me as someone in the division. Who, as, a, as, a fan of, as a fan of a team who's a rival of theirs, I'm not scared of any of these names. Okay? You should be scared of Sam Darnold. If they get Sam Darnold and build around him, I think that's that's someone you should be scared of. I should? Yeah, all right. Anyways, so I, yeah, I'm not scared of Sam Darnold, bro. He put no fear in my heart. What y'all talking about? What are you talking Yo. They, they can run anybody out there that they want to run, bruh. They can do whatever they want on everything I love, bruh. It does not matter. Look, they are a very talented team. They won the division last year. We beat them twice. Twice, okay? I'm not turning into the Giants thing. I'm just saying, look, if you want to look at – you want to look at the, the way the division breaks down, I'm not too I'm not, I'm not. not too scared of them. Now, if they get Sam Darnold, that's a, that's a solid foundation, for real. But in terms of name changes, yo, I don't really know what they should do, right? Um, I <laughs> – there, there were a lot of good. They had some. They had the Warriors on the table for them. I heard the Warriors. They had uh, what else did they have out there for them? Um, I no, go with the, the, the generals. The generals. Hey, you know what? The generals would be a good name. Go to the generals, bro. It's, it sticks to the Washington roots. All right, and like I think it would be good, and it gives you an actual logo. Now, how about that, yo? So the, you told me, you told me that top five executives, executives sat in the room last year, 
and they were thinking about what to change his name to. And they came, the best thing they came up with in a three-hour meeting was the Washington football team. And I'm supposed to take this franchise seriously. I yo, what, what are we talking about, yo? That would under what circumstances is this okay? I they could have put me in a room with everybody else, we would have had a name. I promise you. Quick. All right. General Tomahawks. You can't even do Tomahawks, actually. It's disrespect. So my bad. Yep. Again, my Native American brothers and sisters, no disrespect. We gotta stay away from the names. But in, in all seriousness, like you just gotta come up with a name that's better than that, bro. General the generals would be a, a good name, right? I mean, I think that could work. I think the thing with them, why they came up with that, it was one, how many years it took for them to change the name. Two, it was kind of like, all right, look, we don't really want to change his name to make y'all jokers happy. We'll just change it to Washington football team. That was the easiest thing. I don't think any effort was put into it. They just had a meeting. They ordered food and was in there chilling. They probably came up with that in the first five minutes. Like, all right, what's going to keep them not mad at us? Washington football team. All right, what y'all want? Chinese, Mexican? What what, you, what we eating? That's how the meeting went. Three hours? There's no way they was really talking about for three hours. Oh man, what what could we? No, man, they man. chose that five. They chose that five minutes and they sent it in the, the text group chat before they even came. We gonna choose this name. We'll sit here and make it look like we doing work, and then we'll announce it on Twitter. Washington football team. WFT. It really was a seeing that name. A lot of people had a response of WTF, but <laughs> we'll see how that organization does this uh, upcoming season. Transition to calf or fats. CEO and Governor White Grobeck accredits the struggles for the Celtics to Kyrie's departure. Cap or facts? I need to learn more about this. So, are they blaming Kyrie even is in even in his departure for them sucking as a basketball team and Danny Ainge not doing his job well? Like, what exactly is it? I don't understand. He exactly he exactly said Kyrie's departure has affected free agency and them being able to recruit free agents. And after that, it caused a domino effect, causing the struggles of the Boston Celtics. They just not blaming Kyrie for everything. It's just get over it. It's over. Like the Kyrie thing is done. All right. Like I know I come to Kyrie's defense a lot on this podcast more than anybody else. Shout out to Kyrie Irving. Come on the podcast, bro. I got you. You know, I got, I got you here. Like for real. But in all seriousness, you know, like it, they just not blaming Kyrie for everything that's wrong with that organization. Okay. They didn't take the shot when they had it. They had all these picks. They did Isaiah Thomas wrong. He's blaming the wrong. He's blaming it on the wrong thing. Where they messed up was like how they treated Isaiah Thomas. That's when things went downhill. Now free agents didn't want to come there. It's not about Kyrie. Does that guy have sources or something like that? Because I get because we know without any sources what Anthony Davis's dad said when Anthony Davis was looking to leave leave the Pelicans and the Pelicans were trying and and the Celtics were trying really hard to deal with the Pelicans to get Davis and his dad was like that's never gonna happen. Look at the way they did Isaiah Thomas, right? In real life, that's how that played out in front of us. The doctors. Literally, they literally caught the doctors for malpractice on the way that they diagnosed that guy's hip. That's what happened, right? He ran out there, and Isaiah Thomas said after the fact, if I knew, if I knew like what the what the consequences would have been for me playing in that playoff series after my after his sister had passed, he never would have done it because he never would have wanted to rest the bag. He played that year with no guaranteed money coming in after. And that's why Isaiah Thomas is in situations he's in now. He belongs in the NBA, right? I hate to change the topic to him, but he belongs in the NBA. He's just as gifted as he was then. He's still got all that talent. He really does. He belongs in the NBA, no question about it. But 
it's it's because of the, what happened with the Celtics, and we all know that. So when NBA players see that play out, and these guys talk, they're not going to want to come play for your organization. It makes it harder to trade for them because they're not going to resign. So it, it's not about Kyrie. Like Boston fans have this weird addiction for blaming Kyrie for all their issues. It, it, no, it's never really been about Kyrie, guys. It's been about Danny Ainge's inability to make the big, to pull the trigger and make the big trade for the superstar player. He has never done it. He had, all, he had all the chances to do it. Yeah, Danny Ainge often, Danny Ainge often goes under the radar when it comes to the blames for the Celtics and where they're at. All those picks, which is why you're going to have to watch Sam Presti over at OKC. If this don't turn, they got the picks for the next 15 years. If this don't turn out to actually close to a championship run, anything, all that's not going to matter. All them picks, it's going to be the same situation with Danny Age. You got all them picks, and you got nice players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. But as Greg said in the last episode, they're in the middle of the pack. Here's what I'll say, too, about Sam Presti and why he's a little lot more lucky than Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge gets to – Danny Ainge doesn't get to hide as much. I know he hides – he hides for obvious reasons. He's in Boston. He's white. He's in Boston. It makes sense, right? Protect your guys. But if you're really looking at it, like Sam Presti being an OKC, he's in an impossible situation. Mid-market team in the most unsexy part of the country ever. It's not a destination. He's not going to be able to attract free agents. He's going to have to trade for a star player who he knows is a rental. No one's staying. So that's the thing about their situation. But he's going to build a good team there. So I think he, he'll ride that thing out for a long time. Him getting all them picks, he's going to ride that thing out for a long time. But if you're in Boston, there's an expectation of winning championships. They're a, they're a big market. They're considered a big market team. They're considered a team that wants to be good. Boston sports – they want to be good at everything, and, and they have been good at everything, right? It being fair, they've won championships in every in every single sport. They've had a lot of success, right? But Danny Ainge gets a pass because Danny Ainge was, is an old-time Celtic, right? We're not pulling the trigger with those deals. And when you're in these big market organizations like the Lakers and Celtics, there's no excuse for that. You can't, you don't get, you don't get a pass unless, of course, of course, you are a white man in Boston. Nothing better. Hey, Jeannie Buss had to fire her brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, it's cutthroat out here with these big market teams and Danny Ainge is over here sliding, letting dudes blame it on Kyrie Irving in the media. It's your fault, bro. Like, he, he should have been fired. Been fired. Incompetence. He put it together. He robbed the Nets blind and he doesn't take advantage of that trade. I know you got Jalen Brown. I know you got Jason Tatum. But you don't. It's an arms race for superstars in this league. And you treated Isaiah Thomas horribly. You messed it up. He was their star. He was an MVP candidate. He was top three in in the running. And you treated him like that. You booted him out like that. And you expect the guys to come in a league where guys talk, in a league where guys move around more than any in any other league? Nah, bro. That's a fireable offense. You have your job as a general manager is to protect the image of your brand, which is the team. And he didn't do a good job of that. So here we are. And I love it. I, you know, I'm you know, I'm an, I'm a New York guy, so I don't I don't like Boston sports. But I'm also just giving you that real. Like it's just that real too. Like he should be fired. Gone. Next cap for facts. Staying with Kyrie. Kyrie has came out and said that the NBA logo should be changed to Kobe Bean Bryant. Cap or facts. I'm gonna say a cap. It's not going to happen. I agree. But I know the NBA is not going to change it from Jerry West. And I'm very confident they're not going to change it to a black man. 
But oh, are you saying should it be or is it going to happen? I think it's not going to happen, but it should be. Okay, I think I think it should be too. Yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement that it should be. But do we see it happening? No, like Greg said, it's a league ran by white men. It's we're not even getting the respect when it comes to, you know, having the decision not to play the national anthem. Right? It, it's enforced. It has to be played. Like to change the logo to a black man. Like we not even getting there. It shouldn't be there. I completely agree. I completely agree, but I doubt they're going to do it. Last one, Capra Facts. Coach Spolstra says Jimmy and Bam should have been all-stars, but because of their record, how they started off, they are not all-stars. Cap or Facts? Facts. Facts. Easy. Oh, by the way, that the Heat and the Lakers both got screwed by the NBA because they had the shortest offseason of all time. And here we are. So you see, you see the Lakers reeling, losing three in a row. Look, man, like it's it's a part of the, the, the territory when you play that many games in the bubble and have to play within a three-month span. Same thing with the Heat. The Heat are going to be just fine. The Heat are going to be just fine. They're going to get in the playoffs. Like Jimmy said that. Jimmy, Jimmy's absolutely right. They just they were just resting Jimmy. They just, hey, man, we got to get you rest where you can. We'll be bad at first, but we will go on a run. Miami historically goes on runs. But if, I mean, yes, like those guys are both all stars. We know that. Um, I'm not sure who doesn't make, I think the more fun conversation is who doesn't make the team in a, under normal circumstances. Because oh, we're about to get into that yeah, transitioning, perfect fun. transition. Look at Greg over here working for a podcast company, transitioning to the next topic. Smooth with it. Who were the all-star snubs? We hear everything from Trey Young. We heard Devin Booker, who got in because of AD's injury. But if AD wasn't injured, Devin Booker was a snub again. Something Jalen Rose said, which I agree with completely, and it happens every year. The NBA players, the fans, oh, this person was snubbed. Well, tell me who should have been kicked out. There you go. None of them say it. Mm-hmm. None of them say it. Mm-hmm. It's your boy. It's your friend. Miles should have been an all-star. So who are you picking off the team? Uh, they quiet. Let me know from y'all. If y'all have any all-star snubs, who are you taking off of that team? Yo, I'm going to be honest. I had a hard, hard time, like, taking a look at that and figuring out, like, who I'm picking off because we talked about it. I, I thought Bam should have been an all-star, right? Like, they started off the season real rough. As we know, COVID, you know, multiple players injured, but, like, Bam was the constant for, for the Heat. Like, he's averaging 19 points, getting nine boards, close to 10, you know, averaging five assists and whatnot, and he's, he's shooting above 63%, like, total. So, like, I, I think I think Bam deserved to have that second All-Star added to his resume, but when, when taking a look at the list, it's like all these other guys are deserving. I was kind of waiting to hear what uh, Miles and Greg had to say to see if I can get a little perspective. Um, definitely, I think the biggest snub, even bigger than Devin Booker, is Demonis Sabonis. I think he should be over Vucevic. Like, the Magic aren't even in contention right now. I don't get it. They're just – he's cool. He's cool. But Vuce, uh, <laughs> Sabonis is averaging 20, 11, and 5 on a top 14. I don't, I don't get where you miss an all-star game. He's, he should have been picked over Bam. Everybody's crying about Bam, but they're not even in the playoff picture right now. Pacers are top four in the East, one of the better teams, dealing with injuries. 
by the way. No Karis LeVert, no TJ Warren, but they're still top four in the East. So he's doing everything for this team. And <laughs> that's the one I, I was more puzzled about. Sabonis not making it. Miles, real quick, do you think that is solely because they're a small market team? That's what Miles Turner mentioned. He thinks is because they're a small market team is what factored in them not getting in. Maybe. I mean, they do factor like what, 50% of the, the vote is fan vote. And I don't know. I don't know how many fans there are in Indiana or outside of Indiana who know about the Pacers and Sabonis. So I think that plays a huge part in it too. One of the names mentioned before Greg goes, I just want to put this out there. My boy Johnny sent this to me. He asked for us to bring it up and talk about it on the show. And I completely agree. Everybody was saying Trey Young, Trey Young, Trey Young, screaming Trey Young, Trey Young, Trey Young. I'm going to throw a stat out there just for our listeners and for everybody that was screaming Trey Young. 62 and 118. The Atlanta Hawks record since Trey Young got drafted there. You can't have Trey Young in there. But go ahead, Greg. It's no, it's no way Trey Young is an all-star. I just want to put that out there. He's not an all-star. He's not top 10. He's not the point guard of the future. None of, none of that. Stop it. Trey Young is one-sided. He's a defensive liability. He's not the next Steph Curry. Stop. Stop it. So he impacts winning and he beats the teams that they should beat. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Stop bringing up Trey Young's name. Go ahead, Greg. I, I agree. I agree with most of that. I, I think that his talent, his ability to be a franchise player, I don't put that into question yet. I just think that his impact on winning is is he has a lot of empty stats. Okay, like Trey Young is out there passing guys the ball to get an assist. And if you play basketball, you know exactly why that is the worst thing you can possibly be doing out there. And he does that. He's assist something out there. Um, but he's he's gifted. It's just he's got to figure out how to play winning basketball. Right now he's having fun playing losing basketball. Uh, even though there will be games he's in the locker room crying. There were reports about that last year. I remember that. But Let's transition back, bro. Let's, let's take this all the way back because Miles said that Vucevic doesn't deserve to be an, doesn't deserve to be an All Star. Hell, you're wrong. That is just wrong. That is just wrong. Like, yo, no, that guy, that guy is a buck. It is insane how good he is, yo. He is like the most underrated player in the league. Guys don't talk about him, but when he comes to your city, he's giving you a bucket. Yo, there were games he, he gave the Lakers 40 last year. AD, he was killing AD. He was getting giving AD buckets. He is a stud. He's a stud no one talks about. He plays for Orlando. It's so easy because you're playing, you're playing in obscurity. No, no one cares. Orlando also had that injury to Markel Fultz, which hurts them. They were on a better Markel Fultz was playing great before he got hurt. He really was. He really was a big part of what they were doing. So he's kept them afloat. He's kept them afloat over in Orlando. I thought he was a lock for the All-Star team. I thought when we went through our picks last week, I I, I made sure I threw him in there because I knew he would get, or I I may have forgotten and it's so it's so crazy. I forgot him in my picks. I said the Sabonis should have got in. But if you're going to put Sabonis over, in over someone, there's one person you want to say, and it's not Vucevic. It's not him. Because Vucevic right now, 23-11, three assists, four assists a game, 47% from the field, 39% from three. 39, bro? He's, what, he's a 40% three-point shooter? Nah, bro, he's an all-star. 80% from the line over 80%. He is an Easily an all-star. Easily. I think if you're going to take a guy off the all-star team this year, why would I would take off? <laughs> it's it's probably it's probably Ben or Jalen. Probably Ben or Jalen. If you wanna if you wanna 
put some a snub in and take two guys off the also team is Ben or Jalen. Pick. Pick one. And if I'm going to pick between the two, I know I'm a little biased. I'm probably going to pick Ben. I don't know if the Sixers deserve two all-stars per se. I, I mean, they know they're one seed in the East by the skin of their teeth. Uh, the Nets are on their on their on their behind, uh, right there after winning seven in a row. But other other, you know what I mean. But like, yo, I I don't know that they deserve two All Stars per se. I, I I don't. And so if you were gonna put someone in, and I don't know who in the East you're complaining about. Who is a snub in the East? Like, they I think they got it right. Like I really do. So Ben deserved to be in the game. Like I don't think you're taking him out. But if you were gonna take someone out, it's between Ben and Jalen. There is no one else you can make a case for taking off. Not Vucevic. Not, no one else. No one else. So, I, you know, if people want to talk about Trey Young, and in the comments, they was mad about Trey Young being in, not being in over Ben. They were going at Ben's spot. They wanted Ben's spot. Ben impacts Ben. Ben impacts winning, and his team's a good team, and he deserved to be in the game. I don't agree that Trey Young should be an All Star either. I don't agree. That team, the Hawks have underperformed. I know Trey Young's putting up flashy numbers. He does that, and it can tantalize you. You can fall into the trap, but no, I don't. I don't see it. On, on the western side of things, that's where things get fun. Because now you have Devin, that's where things get fun. We want to go so before, there. before we get into that, something that you mentioned too that you said it uh, last three episodes in all sports, it is important to see the type of stats put up in winning situations. Is Trey Young putting these numbers up in the Hawks as a playoff team? We can't even say because we haven't seen them be close to a winning team in his career. Uh, in the West, D-Book, who are y'all taking off with D-Book if y'all taking them off? I think I, I like how the West looks. I wouldn't take D-Book off for anybody, but that's just me. Greg, you said it gets interesting. How, how are you moving things around with D-Book? Well, Rudy Gobert is gonna be a little locked because they always pick a center. But if I if I would I would give her that archaic stupid rule and get get that out of there. Get put the most deserving guys in the game. So Rudy Gobert is the easy choice. Get him up out of there. I know he's had a good season. I know that the Jazz um, have been really good, but the, I think they had it right with Donovan Mitchell being an All Star. And uh, there are guys who are more deserving than Rudy Gobert. I don't think the the Jazz deserved necessarily two All Stars as much. And I know they've won, but just being a great team doesn't. And t- give you a birthright to having more team, more guys on the All Star team. The Hawks from a couple of years ago had three or four guys on on, on the All Star team. It was a joke. They had I think they had Jeff T, Kyle Korver, Al Horford. Uh, they had a bunch of guys on that team a couple of years ago when they got swept by the Cavs. Right. So that's kind of where I'm going off of. I, I get PTSD from that memory. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go back go here, it's Rudy Gobert's easy choice. I also would put uh, Booker in over Zion too. Uh, I, I, Zion's a lot of fun. He's great. He's gonna he could be in, he's gonna do some great dunks. He's gonna put on a show in a dunk contest. The dunk contest y'all didn't want, by the way. It's gonna be a hit. Just wait. He's gonna it's gonna be fun to see him in that. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm going Booker over Zion. Easy, easy there because Booker's impacted winning. The Suns are are a better basketball team. They genuinely deserve two All Stars. Booker and CP3 have been one of the best guard teams in the NBA, if not the best since the, in the first half of this year. And Booker's a level of play. He's figuring out how to play winning basketball. He's figuring out how to play winning basketball. He's do, He's not – the numbers aren't as flashy. Everyone's kind of getting low to sleep by it. He's, he's, he's struggled at times because he's trying to figure out how to, how to balance being a facilitator and being a scorer, which is what he does best. 
but he's doing a good job at it. He's a big part of the reason why they're winning. He's had some game winners this year. Big clutch baskets down the stretch. They go to him. They go to him down the stretch to, to close the door. And CP, of course, right? CP is a no-brainer. But, yeah, there are two guys you can go after on this list that are debatable. is Zion and is Rudy. I think Zion made it off name. I, I know Zion's, like, the best slasher in basketball. I get it. But that team isn't good. They have not been good all year. They've struggled, okay? So, like, there's definitely a hole in that argument if you want to put Zion in there or not. Uh, so Zion made it because you can put him in the dunk contest. He was a lot – he brings a lot of sex appeal to the game. Let me ask y'all this, um, because with that basis, I completely agree. Zion isn't on a winning squad. D-Book is. They've been performing well. They are top four team in the West, which is a hard conference. We already know that. But something you mentioned that is very important to not just overpass. Should the format be changed for the All-Star? So you see how it got to be three front court players, two guards. Should it just be a the top 12 talented players in each conference gets in? Do y'all think they should change the format? Yes. You're going to end up with snubs, with snubs, uh, snubs either way because there'll be centers that don't get in and the centers will be mad, but at the end of the day, Gobert being an all-star over Booker doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, I don't – like, positional value in the all-star game. No, one, no one's watching the all-star game to watch Gobert catch post-ups or, or, or run on the court and catch Mali oops. His dunks aren't even good looking. Like, no one's watching it for that. Like, the, the guy – you're going to see – you want to see the best, the most talented players in the game get on the court, the best 24 players in the world. And Booker is easily one of them. Booker is. If you want top 24 in the league, you're not naming 24 dudes better than Booker ever, ever. He is that good. So, no, man, like, I, I totally agree. And this, this conversation will be harder and harder because no matter how the format is, you're going to have Clay Thompson come back into the picture. So where does he fit into all this? Because he's going to be an all-star, I'm sure, right? Like I so said, I would imagine – um, so it, it gets harder and harder. The league is so talented now. It's hard to pick 24 guys who are, who are really deserving. But this was kind of easy on the West side. It's interesting, but Zion, there's a hole in his. In his and if you, you want to give the Gobert because of the record, I guess you can. I know his impact has been great with that team, but there are guys who have been better like Booker. Deserving. Left-handed smooth operator. Change the format? Oh, I'm the left-handed smooth operator. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I thought we were talking to Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't mind switching the format up because I mean if you've seen the center position's kind of redundant at this point. And you're not getting too many all-star centers anymore. So now you feel like you have to pick one just to fill a, a position on the ballot. I mean, Rudy Gobert's he's good. He's He's helped that team be the best team in the league right now. But like Greg said, do you really want to see a guy blocking shots and getting alley-oops in an all-star game? I don't know. I think I'd rather see Devin Booker cooking cooking guys off the dribble than Rudy pick and roll, lob, city. Like, that's not that special to me. I think maybe what you could do just – an idea on regards to the format. Nikola Vucevic, Rudy Gobert have been balling. Maybe you have it more members. So for example, maybe you do 13 to 15 players are voted. That way you get to have that on your resume. I was an all-star, but they still only bring 12. So you got 13 players. We're going to put the center in there. 
you get your vote. You as an all-star, but we only bring in 12. We're going to bring the 24 best to actually play. Because remember, this is all-star game, entertainment aspect. Nobody wants to watch. Vucevic has been balling, but nobody wants to watch him. Nobody wants to watch Rudy Gobert. So maybe they extend it. Hey, let's do 13 or 15 members. Get on the squad. You get voted. But we're only bringing the top 24 talents to come play the game for the entertainment aspect. Y'all can come, y'all can sit there on the bench, y'all can watch, but... By the, by the way, if you're going to do this, by the way, and, and, and we're going to do the whole, who brings the best, the most sexy people to the game, and, and we're bringing the best 24 players that's going to make this game entertaining, Ben's not coming. He's just not. He's just not coming. I'm going to keep it a buck. Is, he fun, to, is he fun to watch in that way? No, no, no. I completely agree, but this is where it's good. Remember, the format is a draft. Do it like that. 15 players, and now the captains get to draft. If you don't get picked up, you're still an all-star, but you stay your butt home. We're going to do a draft. Hey, LeBron, KD drafted. Mm, Gobert, nah. Vucevic, nah. Ben Simmons still probably gets picked up because off the strength of he's Ben Simmons and he's cool with Bron, he's cool with KD. But I think that's how they should do it. With, Give it a bigger that, pool and let the let the top two players draft. With that, though, do you think you'd run into the issue with players trying to do too much, you know, during the season just to get that accomplishment of being able to play in the All-Star game? Because if I'm a center, right, and I know, like, my game ain't the sexiest, but I, I get buckets and I help my team win, like, at the same time, I want to be able to – I feel like I deserve to be able to play in that All-Star game but I know I'm probably going to get snubbed out of playing. I might be an all-star, but I'll get snubbed out of playing in the game just because my game in is sexy. So do you think you run into the issue with, you know, players maybe trying to do too much to make sure that they're one of the people that can play in the all-star game, or do you think it's not even that serious? I think real recognize real. If Gobert is really that that dude, Bron will draft him, KD will draft him. Like, for example, when you have Embiid, he's a center. Ain't nobody passing up on Embiid. Right. Is Embiid as exciting? As a Devin Booker, no, but Embiid might give you some handles. Embiid might do a spin move, turn to the crowd. He he has other stuff that comes with it. He's a center. So you feel me? It real recognize real. If I know you can ball, that's what they're gonna draft. And that'll be another thing also of telling you, I think if you got, for example, this year, Bron and KD, they're not thinking of the mindset of the entertainment aspect. They want to pick the best team to win. So, hey, if Gobert, Vucevic is up there, are they going to help me actually win this game? Mm, they might. Might not draft. Vucevic, depends. Vucevic will help you win the game. You I'm saying it. it depends on, again, the players. So, I think that's how they should set it up. Set up a pool. Let them draft. Whoever don't get picked up, you still get to put it in your resume. In the offseason, you get to put that in your negotiations. Hey, I'm an all-star. You got to pay me a certain amount of money. But everybody maybe shouldn't be playing. It Speaking of center. It, well, it works like this anyways, too. If you watch the games over the last couple of years, these guys, a lot of these centers don't play as nearly as many minutes. If you, they, 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 don't, they don't play them as much. They try to be diplomatic about it. But when, and when the game got serious last year, who was the only real center on the court last year? It was, it was Joel Embiid. That was really it. Like, the only center presence they really had on the floor like that in AD, of course. But AD's not a center. Like, he's a hybrid. So – they do this anyways. This idea from you is not crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It's really not. Speaking of centers, Boogie is out there. He's a free agent. 
before we close out, do y'all think anybody picks him up and what team you think works best for him? We've heard Lakers, Brooklyn. I don't think he actually works for the Lakers and what they're trying to do. And I don't see him working in Brooklyn either. So yeah. In regards of playoff teams and winning teams, I don't see where a playoff team takes that chance on Boogie. Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily see him working for the Lakers uh, as well. Do you know they already have uh, Mark Gasol, they got uh, Markeith Morris, they got Montrez Harold, and they have AD, right? AD down for a little while. Like, they still have those three other guys to hold them down until AD returns. So bringing in Boogie really wouldn't wouldn't do much and amount to anything. I think teams had, had came to mind one more so than the other was, um, you know, the Mavericks. They're 20th in, in defensive rebounding and 26th in offensive rebounding. But here's the thing about Boogie, right? He's not going to be a star no matter what team you put him on. Like, that time is long past. He's not going to come in and, and be able to change the game for whatever team he goes to. He's going to have to be a role player, and he's going to have to learn his role. And and one of his roles is going to be coming in and, and giving the wh- whoever the big man is a breather to to get it, get his uh you know win back up or whatever the case may be, and uh you know get some offensive rebounds and some defensive rebounds and help get them more possessions. That's going to be his role moving forward. He's going to have to contribute on the glass. He's going to have to. Uh, if he continues to shoot the three, he's going to have to shoot it at a higher percentage than he's shooting now, which is only like, what, 33% or something like that. Um, and then he's going to have to, you know, continue to do what he does best, which is post up on the box. He's not really uh, – he's decent with, with the pick and rolls, but most of most of his high percentage shots come from when he's posted up on the block. So he can create mismatches for, for the Mavericks if he goes there. I know Porzingis, they're, they're thinking about moving him around and whatnot. Um, obviously, they'll still need someone to – replace Porzingis' void because, like I said, he's not going to come in and, and be that that main guy. You know, the thing that concerns me the most about him is these injuries that he had, they're serious. Like, these injuries are no joke. Like, he had a torn ACL, a torn Achilles, and a torn quad in a matter of three years. Bro, I'm still feeling my broken ankle from 2013. Like, when it, when it gets cold outside, like, can you imagine having – all that injuries on your, on your lower body and, and having to get up and, and still try to rehab and, and play at a high level in a league full of grown men who have immense talent. Like he's, he's really going to have to come in the, it, it's hard, it's hard to knock boogie too. Cause it's not like he was playing bad. Like in, in this 25 game stretch, he had, he was averaging nine points. Um, and I, I think I, I want to say around the same amount of rebounds, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, for Boogie, man, I think if he gets injured again, like his, his career is in jeopardy um, just due to the fact that he he's always hurt and, you know, it, it's a risk. And, and teams are, teams are going to want someone that they can depend on and, and, and help them out in the stretch, um, whether that be, you know, in a, in a bigger role or a smaller role. And I think for him right now, it's going to be a small role. And the other place that I could see him going is, is maybe the Raptors. You know, he could go there and, and same situation, you know, come in, get some touches, pop off screens, you know, some pick and roll situations, create some mismatches and more possessions. Um, the Raptors are horrible in defensive rebounds as well. They're ranked 29th. So um, I could see him going to one of those two teams, but not to a team that's going to really be, you know, contender down the line. Miles, the, the great Miles, you know, he does a good job of ending people's careers before it's over. 
Boogie, is it is he on his last leg? I don't think so. I mean, if he were to get hurt again, then possibly he might be looking at the the G League Ignite if he gets hurt again. But I think <laughs> I think that he he could still be an impact for some of these teams. Like I like the Raptors as a team that he can be like a good fourth option. I like the Celtics too. They're they're reeling right now and they don't really have a, a center who has an impact on the offensive side of the ball. Like they have Tristan Thompson who he's cool, but he's never been known for his offense. They have Tice who was cool, but again, not known for his offense. They need somebody to open things up for those two stars and maybe even open up things for Kemba too in that pick and roll game. I like him for the Knicks. I mean, not to be biased, but we do have a hole at center right now. Mitch is out for the next month and a half and I don't want to see Tosh Gibson being trotted out for 30 minutes a game. I know it's the New York Bulls all over again, but we need we need somebody to come in there and give us some offense. And I think he could really open things up. Like the Knicks are the worst scoring team in the league. I mean, it helps that we are one of the better teams defensively, but if we want to make a playoff run, which hopefully we don't do anything stupid, this could be one of those smart moves where you don't have to give up too much draft capital. You just sign him as a free agent, bring him for the rest of the year, and he moves on after that. Um, I mean, another team that I like too is the Clippers. They they could definitely use a better center. I, I think Zubak is he's all right, but I think before he got hurt last year, when he was with the Lakers, the Clippers were looking at him to pick him up then. And I mean, he's not a third star anymore. He's not a star anymore, but geez, with Kawhi, Paul George, he doesn't have to do too much. He can, he can spot up. He's still good. He can shoot. He's shown flashes this year that he can play at this level still. And that he can show what he used to be as, as Boogie was, but uh, those injuries kind of zapped him of some of his athleticism a little bit. So maybe a smaller role suits him a little better. So I like Clippers, Boston, and hey, come to MSG. We'll, we'll treat you right. You'll get some MVP chance if you play well. I like that Knicks. I like that Knicks pick. Um, I think that'll give him the opportunity too to show what he still has. Um, especially on a team that, like you said, y'all struggle scoring. Defensively is not a problem. That's always been situation with Tom Thibodeau's teams. Defensively, they're going to be top five, top ten every single season. They need scorers anytime it's a Tom Thibodeau's team. Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler. You need players like that that's going to be able to get a bucket, and you have that with Derrick Rose back on the team. As you said, the New York Bulls, you add Boogie. You get a, it'll be a little bit more scoring. You obviously got Julius Randle, and I think you put Boogie down there too. It'll help open some things up for Julius Randle, and he don't have to be a focal point where everybody's looking at him. And shoot, because he can shoot, RJ Barrett gets into the lane now too. So I think it'll actually be a good pick for them. G Baby, Boogie, Brooklyn, out of the league, G League at night. What, what's your thoughts on it? Not, he's not going to Brooklyn. He's not what Brooklyn needs. He's not going to L.A. He's not what either L.A. team needs. Um, I don't think the Clippers need him either, to be quite frank. And the reason why is because 
if you watch I, the Clippers when you watch them play, like, and I, I that Nets game really, really illuminated it for me. Defense is their problem. Like the Clippers are not good because for two, the Clippers are a great team, but they're not a, a championship team. Like they're a contending championship team, but they're not going to win one because they don't have a point guard who sets things up, and they don't have a center who's athletic enough to really guard laterally. And and when they're in pick and rolls, they're just done. They get in pick and rolls, and Zubac has no chance. So that's the problem with them. That's been their problem. And those two things continue to be their problem. But um, Lakers don't need them either. Lakers going to go after an athletic young center like a JaVale McGee. They, I, it's funny. They got rid of JaVale McGee and that's exactly who they need. They need JaVale McGee now. Like they need that. So it's, it's, they're going to go after that. I saw the Suns got rid of Damian Jones, an athletic young, young center. We'll see if the, they go after him. Um, but they need a young athletic center. Same, similar to the Nets. Nets is the same thing. So yeah, he doesn't fit either where, either, either place. Um, which means that Boogie's not going to find himself in a situation where he's pl- trying to play for a championship. It's just not going to happen. Uh, he's going to find himself in a situation more like the Knicks, right? Where you're you're going to be on a, the middle of the pack team, where you're, you know, you're in, you could be in the play. You're going to, you're probably going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> you're probably going to be in the playoffs. Um, so you give yourself a chance to play on, on some national TV games here, you know, and down the stretch here, and you get to show your value to a team that's up and coming and young. So I think the Knicks would be a good pick. Actually, I think the Raptors are a pretty good pick there too. And the only reason why I think they're a good pick is primarily because the Raptors play great team defense. They're coached great on defense. So he doesn't have to be individually great on defense. You know what I mean? Like they're going to hide the fact that DeMarcus can't move left to right on that team. So it'll be a good place for him to kind of go hit some open threes, you know, play with smart guards, like heady guards, like Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Corbett, Kyle Lowry, who are going to give him the ball as well. So, you know, that that that's going to be a good spot for him, too. But, yeah, I think those two spots are good. The Raptors, um, the Knicks um, primarily. And I think the Celtics are just so horrible. They can take a flyer on DeMarcus. Why not? Nothing else they're doing is working. They just lost to the, to the uh, Hawks at home. Uh, Trey went in there and had 33 points and 10 assists as we were talking some trash about him. So there he goes. But, I mean, yeah, the Celtics, you know, they, they, they can use a, a little bit of energy. And acquiring a guy like Boogie who can go out there and help out with the scoring a little bit may be a good pickup for them, too. Just trying something new on that end. Um, and it's cost-effective. He won't cost you much to bring him in. So those are some spots for him. But he's not done. Uh, he's not done. He's just also never going to be Boogie ever again because those injuries are ridiculous that he, t- he piled up. And we talk about soft tissue injuries. It's just different. It's just, it's just different than – hurting yourself with broken bones and things like that. It's much harder to make the comeback, honestly, um, for these doctors. I mean, it's unfortunate, but he's he can go in there and help teams and play on min- veteran minimum deal- deals for a long time. Yeah, uh, another thing, too, like Boston, as Miles mentioned, the three centers they have, Tice, Thompson, and Robert Williams, all are defensive-minded type of players they don't get they don't really get any buckets and I think Robert Williams should get some more playing time he's that athletic big that you're talking about but in regards to scoring it's not happening and in the Lakers I was probably one of the only few Lakers fans that said this they should have kept JaVel or Dwight or both of them Marcus Gasol is a slow big he's slow on defense he's great with passing he'll get you some buckets great IQ but slow and what I think was one of the major factors that helped the Lakers last year is to be able to have AD come out and you got the option of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard who both still have a lot left in the tank they both still athletic they both are coming and get you nine to ten rebounds two to three blocks they let 
they led the league in blocks last year. They were averaging almost eight to nine blocks a game. Two to three to AD. Two to three to Anthony Davis, to uh, JaVale. Two to three to Dwight. I think, depending on what the Nets do, that can hurt LA. If the Nets get some more depth in that center position, you might see a, a long series in the finals, depending on what the Nets do. What do you, what you mean? You might see a long series. I don't know what I'm saying. If, if the team currently constructed, it's Lakers at five. The team currently <laughs> you know, constructed. Yo, we don't believe that. <laughs> it's Lakers at five. You don't, we'll, you don't believe we'll that, yo. We'll you don't believe that. I, yo, I picked the we'll Lakers. Keep Bruce this in Brown. mind. I, keep, I picked the Lakers, yo. That's that's a six seven game series as currently constructed. I'll give you six. It could we'll be to have Bruce. I don't know about seven because at game six, Bruce Brown's going to be guarding Anthony Davis. We're good, <laughs> <laughs> no concern. But y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready, bitch. Mob, we out. Peace. Peace.